0: Welcome to this podcast about flexible office space. This is one episode of a two-part series about what the rise of flexible office demand means for landlords and building managers. Today we will focus on the challenges created by flexible offices. If you like what you hear, then please tune in to our next episode about the benefits of flexible offices as well. Enjoy. The business world is in the process of re-examining its relationship with the office. A year of working from home has brought a few things to light. The first is that we can actually get a lot of work done without an office. Office workers of the world have learned how to do their jobs from their couches, kitchen tables, or spare bedrooms if they're lucky enough to have one. Many of them have enjoyed the change. No rush hour traffic, no dress code, hell, no pants at all if you want. But the time away from the office has also helped us remember exactly what it is we enjoyed about the shared workspace. We miss the professionally managed office, IT help, the ability to have a spontaneous conversation with coworkers, and the promise of an after work get together. Businesses worry that going fully remote will hamper their company's creativity and productivity. Increasingly, studies are showing that this is the case. So, what will our new relationship with the office be? For many companies, the office will no longer be mandatory. That means that offices will be forced to come to where people are and not the other way around. This could likely be a boon for a new kind of office product, one that is on-demand and easily reconfigured. The real estate industry is calling this a flexible office. It's a general term that includes co-working and short-term leases. These offices often have shared amenities and reservable spaces. While the demand for this type of arrangement is set to grow, by some estimates to as much as 30% of the entire office market, it creates a number of complications for landlords and building managers. Most office landlords are required to do little more than manage the common areas and run the building system. Offering what is basically a hospitality product is a huge diversion from their core competency. So to try to understand how landlords should think about the possibility of adding flexible office to their product mix, I went to someone who consults landlords all day long on this very subject.
1: Giovanni Paolovicini, and I am a principal on the Flexible Office Solution team at Davis & Young.
0: Giovanni told me that before you can think about what it will take to create a flexible office space, you first have to think about what the space is meant to do, who the target market for it is, and how much you expect to charge for it.
1: With landlords, that's a big part where I start the conversations is what are you trying to achieve? I mean, are you trying to have this be a uh, overall amenity within your building? And typically, if it's an amenity, it has to be a larger type of asset where you feel like you can get higher rates in the rest of the building based off of offering those an amenity where corporations and enterprise can flex into the building um, through the flex side. Landlords that are looking to just cover the rent factor, right? They're just going, hey, I'd get $30 a foot for this space, and that's my goal is to cover that $30. And then landlords that truly are looking to make a premium, call it 110, 120, 130% above premium for having the flexibility. And so those are all major factors where, where we start is, what are you trying to achieve?
0: Now, any one of these use cases can be successful, but only if it's in the right market. The market around a building and what kind of product it offers aren't the only thing that determines how best it can offer a flexible solution. As Giovanni told me, the building itself matters a lot as well.
1: Then after that is understanding the overall bones of the building. I mean, how, where, what floor do you wanna use? Are you looking to use a portion of the first floor as kind of a reception area? I mean, think of a hotel. somewhere that's easier to, easier to greet people. It can be even the security stand or things like that. Um, so the overall infrastructure of the building and how you, how you access that. Um, then the next part is is the IT side. You obviously need the IT systems in place, robust so that companies can have the, the overall security and uh, flexibility they need for these spaces. And then the, the, the bigger portion is how do you build the space out? Um, Are you going after larger team suites? Are you going after the private solopreneur, if you will, um, or individuals that are taking, call it one to four person offices? And I say that because a lot of times an office may be built out for four people, but someone puts one desk in it. And so ultimately there's the flexibility of all that and understanding how to build the space out
0: Which market to target for a flexible office comes down to where the demand is. Even before the pandemic, the majority of the growth in the sector came not from startups looking for co-working space, but from larger enterprise-level companies. COVID has pushed larger organizations to flexible spaces even more, as many don't want to sign a long-term lease with the economic recovery still in question. With larger, more sophisticated tenants come important new members of the leasing negotiation.
1: What we're seeing the shift before, it's been interesting to see kind of from a real estate perspective, the people that are used to pick real estate used to be uh, an executive and a real estate director um, or whatever title they had. And it was decided based off of how close it was to typically the, the executive team's homes. Well, then we had an HR introduction pre-COVID and a big question was, you know where where do people want to be? Um, what's best for our team? Well, now we've had another person added to the team, especially in a mid COVID, and we'll be in a post COVID world. Is is an I T professional um, that has to make sure that the systems in place can handle Zoom and Microsoft Teams and other types of uh, uses that allow for for there to be connection. And so ultimately, the enterprise and corporations have started looking at the whole hub and spoke model. And the, the, the spokes are predominantly going to be flex type of operations where they don't have to take down large spaces. They can have the flexibility to grow and contract with them with limited capital expense and limited liability and, and long-term exposure.
0: Now the companies are thinking much more about their IT and HR needs. Offices have to incorporate much more into their service. This is particularly important for flexible spaces, since the landlord is now responsible for parts of the office that were generally left to office managers, like conference room booking, landlines, Wi-Fi, and printers. To do this, companies creating technologies for flexible offices will need to be designed to work together seamlessly.
1: We're seeing more and more collaboration, if you will, um, from different vendors. Right. Because you have to tie in the security system to the entry into the building, to the entry into the space, to the doors within the space. And how does the technology talk to each other? And so a big part of it is, I mean, we're seeing companies like Ascensus or others that are that are collaborating with some of these other functions to make them synchronize to each other uh, to whatever extent.
0: Enabling different software with different protocols and different languages to communicate is not easy. It takes integration between the developers of each system. To understand how these tech companies are creating a connected tech ecosystem, I talked to someone who's helping design one.
2: My name is James Shannon, and I'm Chief Product and Technology Officer at Ascensus.
0: Ascensus is a company creating a software layer capable of stitching together all of the technology needed to run a flexible office space. They realized that there was so much going on in a building, that there was major value in software that could help put it all together and aggregate all of that data that it's creating.
2: I mean, you generally see a kind of highly fragmented um, technology stack. they um, will generally have the BMS you know, running the heat light um, and so on in the building. Um, You have a separate access control security system, which may or may not be different in the turnstiles versus the different tenant suites. Um, And then you've got maybe CCTV, which may or may not be integrated. Um, And then then there's probably a separate visitor management system and and, and maybe a few sensors from a a sensor platform company. Uh, And so it's a very fragmented market, very difficult to make sense of of the building as as an entity. Um, you know, so so we, you know, we see the journey. You know, we see our platform um, as really becoming the source of truth at the heart of the building. So you know, a lot, lot of our, our landlord customers have said one of their challenges is they, you know they have CRM systems, they have billing systems, they have a lot of the horizontal technology you know inherited from the broader enterprise world that handles things like billing and contacts and so on. But w- where they struggle is actually is actually defining you know um, the digital representation of the built world. Um, but not in isolation, like a kind of a digital twin platform, but one that can actually then take that digital replica and, and, and create intelligence around it.
0: What James and his team realized is that for the digital experience of using a flexible workspace to be as seamless as a traditional office, they needed everything to revolve around secure access.
2: You know, traditionally, you know, operators and landlords um, have to put, put in five or six different vendor solutions to address everything from access control, to networking, to visitor management, to print, to booking availability, to amenities, uh, you know, it's a whole gamut of systems. And actually, um, if you're trying to deliver that seamless experience, um, it's actually quite hard to stitch together four or five different technology solutions in a seamless way that gives you um, understandable data. So you know, what, what, we really went, um, what we really focused on in developing the Flex Services platform was talking um, to operators, landlords um, and enterprises about what were the key deliverables, what were the key experiences um, that, they, that they felt were, were critical to delivering the next generation um, of smart building. Um, and that was very much around um, you know, putting access and identity at the heart of the solution. Because if you can understand who's, who an occupier is and what they're entitled to, and how they transact and um, what and, and how and how they can interact with the physical space um, then all of a sudden everything becomes a lot easier as opposed to think about access control as an afterthought actually bringing that into the heart of the solution enables us to suddenly use um, identity and access to create this frictionless experience to print to lockers to, to desks to rooms, um, to turnstiles, to elevators, to parking lots, to, uh, and it becomes very intuitive, you know, as simple as tap to pay um, you know, for a sandwich. Uh, once a, a users already understand how to do that, so it becomes a very intuitive paradigm to interact with physical space using a touchless um, mechanism. And of course, that becomes even more relevant in, in the post-pandemic world where there's, there's more anxiety around physical surfaces, for both from a landlord perspective, how often they need to be cleaned, and from a user perspective, in terms of how many physical spaces they're interacting with, how often they need to sanitize, and so on.
0: Access control has been a standard feature in modern buildings for decades. But flexible spaces require much more from access control systems than just letting people in and out of the building.
2: We dug deeper into access and identity, and we looked at the the legacy um, solutions, the legacy architecture of, of something like access control, um, we actually came to the conclusion that it wasn't really fit for purpose for our industry. Because, you know, if you think about a traditional corporate environment where you have a fairly static um, set of employees or staff, um, they join the company, they get a bunch of ac- uh, door access and meeting room access and so on. And that doesn't really change until they leave. Compare that to the flex industry and, and, and the, the, the increasingly hybrid nature of, of, of the land world going forward. The moves, adds and changes, as we used to call them in the, in the flex world, that change on a daily and weekly basis. So someone's access is actually very dynamic depending on which space they're going to on a given day, which, which desk they booked, which room they booked, which, which uh, office they booked. And so you know we, we we discovered as as part of our analysis that we needed to be handling millions of rules, not thousands of rules, as traditional on-premise access control servers would, would deal with. So you know, one of the unique positions we're in is being directly connected to our building. So we were able to build a completely cloud native. Uh, access control solution, where every single decision is made in real-time in the cloud. Um, That means we can still open the door in 200 milliseconds, but it means that we can literally have the power of Amazon uh, to handle millions of rules and make those real-time decisions to the point where I can actually tap on a door, and it not only books the the room, but takes the payment and opens the door with a single tap in real-time in a couple hundred milliseconds.
0: One of the reasons that creating a seamless, flexible workspace experience is so difficult is the nature of building tech. Building systems like HVAC, access control, and vendor management are overseen by a building's management team. In-office systems like Wi-Fi, conference rooms, and printers, on the other hand, are in the realm of the tenants themselves. Flexible offices put all of this in the purview of the building teams, but that doesn't change the needs of the tenants to access the systems and the data. The requirements of large companies, each with their own IT, HR, office management, and compliance departments, means that the system has to be designed to grant access to certain parts and not to others.
2: What we're working towards is is a multi-layer system, really, in a layer where the landlord or the operator is is um, is working at an operational level to run the space, but then a secondary level where the enterprise customer, of which there'll be many you know, within a landlord's building, um, actually have their own view of, the, of, of that inventory and their own um, digital experience with their staff. And they will likely ha- want to have their own corporate experience. They don't want to have a broader landlord or operator experience. They want to deliver their own corporate experience to their staff because they may be in this new distributed world that is, is HQless, but they still want to create that that, that HQ feeling regardless of where their staff are sat. So I, so from, from my perspective, the future is delivering this, this operational layer you know, at, at the landlord level, at the operator level, but then this enterprise layer that stitches these disparate fa- uh, spaces together to create this consistent seamless experience, whichever space I go to.
0: Going forward, our relationship with the office will be much more nuanced than it was before. And therefore, our offices will have to learn how to adapt to all of these new intricacies. I think most industry observers agree that flexible space is set to grow, but who will benefit from that growth will depend on who is best able to offer this high-touch service. Landlords thinking about getting into flex are likely worried they will not have the capabilities to do so. They are right to worry. Managing a flexible workspace is harder than a traditional one, but a new generation of technology combined with innovative management teams can create flexible office solutions that are set to grow with the sector. This podcast was made possible by our sponsors, Ascensus. Their newly launched Flex Services Platform is uniquely designed to address the four components required to create amazing in-building experiences secure digital infrastructure, effective space setup, flexible operations management, and easy-to-use, mobile-first occupier interactions.